Welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. You can follow me at CVK on YouTube, CVMK33 on Instagram, and Cody's Life One on Twitter. We have a very special guest, none other than Denzel Goodlow, a.k.a. The Real Chocolate Drop. (laughs) He is in the building. He's going to cover the latest move from Russell Westbrook. Uh, We're going to get into that, Uh, but I'm just excited to have my guest here. Stay tuned for more. All right, Dizel, tell me about your feelings about Russell Westbrook because you are the only true OKC fan still left in the world. So tell me how you feel right now. Are you lonely? Are you happy? Are you sad? You Tell me how you feel. You want a Snickers? Just, just tell me. <laughs> well, Cody, thank you for having me on your show. Um, I'm more... Relieved than anything. Oklahoma City Thunder. The Oklahoma City Thunder's organization has blown me for years. Sam Presti, the general, the owner of OKC, is equivalent to the NFL Jerry West of the Cowboys. All he cares about is revenue. He doesn't care about wins. How in the world do you let two MVP most valuable Players in the National Basketball Association go. You let Katie go without nothing. You let James Harden go because you wasn't willing to pay a luxury tax. Oh, Oklahoma City, I'm I'm done. It's over. Um, however, I am married to my players. Right? I did root for Ibaka when he was on the Raptors. I can only root for Kevin Durant when he's on Brooklyn now. Congratulations, Kevin. You left that job of a team called Warriors. I'll get to that soon. And James Harden, I'm with you because the band is back. James, hit up Russ. Let's do this again. Heard that you was unhappy in OKC, and I want you here with the Rockets. I think we can do some great things. So that's my thoughts on the organization as a whole. But my guy, Russ, Cody, Russell Westbrook in the NBA it's probably equivalent to the Joker in Batman. He's the villain. Everybody hates Russ. Everybody. There's not. You probably can't name 10 people in your circle. I'm like, ah, Russ is that guy. It's just me, Cody. It's just me. But let me tell you why. In the past 122 games that Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double, he won 100 of them. He's 100 out of 122. That's a winning percentage. I can't stand this false narrative that Russell Westbrook is selfish. He plays for stats. But listen, when he gets a triple-double, they win. They win. Okay? So I'm really excited about Russell Westbrook's move to OKC. A lot of people said, you know, it's not going to work out. They got high usage rates. They're going to be selfish. So exactly how is this going to work, right? It might be hard to picture Westbrook sharing the same backcourt as James Harden, but Harden has previously stated that he was prepared to change his game. And Westbrook has also shown an increased willingness to fight his natural urges. Now, I can understand he does shoot up some ill-advised shots, okay? That's what we call that quote-unquote Jordan MJ Mamba mentality which I love so much. Shout out to the mom. (laughs) 
But last season, Russ happily posted his lowest usage rate since 2010. This is documented. His lowest usage rate. And guess what? This conscious effort enabled Paul George season to flourish. He was he led he in the MVP voting at number three. He could have ended at two or possibly one if they went further in the playoffs and if George wasn't getting wasn't injured, right? So it can definitely work. So problems could arise when the Rockets first introduced Westbrook. I agree for about ninety percent of what Denzel said. However, I have to fact check uh, because some things just don't make sense. I do agree the owners care about more uh, or the owner uh, cares more about revenue and profit than actual winning. I think it was a disaster, a mistake. Uh, it was uh, in a foolish decision, an asinine move for uh, Prestine to give up uh, Harden for Ibaka. And then it continued to let Kevin Durant go. And then now uh, the trading of Russell Westbrook because you did not adequately pair him and uh, stack his team in a position that he could be successful. I think it was an utter indictment upon management. Uh, I do agree uh, that Russ is viewed as the Joker in the NBA. Uh, I don't know why he's not as popular as he should be. I think it's because of personnel and personalities like Colin Coward, who I'm a huge fan of. But I think that people are too hard on Russell Westbrook. But here's where I have to disagree. The Rockets will not go 15-32. The Rockets will be a 7th or 8th seed at best. There will be issues. There will be possession uh, manipulation. There will be a lack of actually passing the ball. There's too much stardom and not enough true uh, what I would call glue guys and people that are just dedicated to the team's success and not worried about the stat line. I think what you have here is the 1998 Rockets. You got Charles out of his prime, Scotty out of his prime, Hakeem. Now, they're in their prime, but it's a bad fit. Honestly, the only team that's coming out the West is the Lakers, and I'll just go on record with saying that. If there's another team that even have a legit chance, it's Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. I do not doubt Steph. It's something about that man. I don't know if it's the 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 you know three point shot or if it's the he's kind of like you know just the golden child, but something about his anointing makes me want to root for Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Outside of LeBron James is the NBA. And I really think uh, it'll be between those two, the Lakers or the Golden State Warriors. Also, uh, the 100, I'll admit, the 100 out of 122 games in the regular season was an impressive stat. But here's the thing about it. You have loaded stats and effective stats. If you can win 80% of your regular season games, but when you get to the playoffs... You gradually decrease every season. I'm either asking the question, did you spend all your energy and all your might on just regular season victories and didn't have enough in the tank for the playoffs? Because the reality is in the NBA, the regular season does not count. And therefore, I cannot count those contributions. It's impressive. It's magnificent. It's just a true, pure amazement. But when I look and turn on my TV in April and in May, I never see a thunder in my forecast.
Hey, taking a hard shift uh, to some uh, news. According to Reuters uh, article, a proposal has been sent uh, by the uh, Congress to prevent big tech companies uh, from functioning as financial institutions or issuing digital currencies. Facebook is scheduled to come out with their own digital currency uh, named the Libra uh, digital coin, uh, which has aroused widespread objection. There's this bill uh, that is proposed to fine these disruptors of a million dollars per day if they were to pursue, um, obviously, the functioning and the implementation of the digital currency. Now, this still has to pass through the Senate and without passage of or passage in the senate it has no validity but if this were to pass it definitely would change the game it's called keep big tech out of finance act uh, describes a large tech firm as a company offering service with 25 billion dollars in annual revenue this would include facebook mastercard uber uh, and other disruptors my my so two-folded first the, I think, rise of the digital currency is because of, uh, I would say, uh, instability within national currencies. Uh, as we move towards a more global economy, when you're dealing with exchange rates, having something that is of the same value is of interest. And I would also say uh, because of the rise of like the Bitcoin and Ethereum, and like I said, I don't sponsor any of this. Uh, I don't want to get into any trouble. Uh, this is just for knowledge's sake. Um, it has sparked interest as to creating a different type of service offering because uh, since money is not backed, like it's not backed by the gold standard, it's not backed by silver, the value of it is a fluctuating concept. Uh, so I, I think it just points out the flaws in our in, um, in our currency and our um uh, governing of of uh, monies and, and things to represent that and the notes that we use, uh, but I don't think this is a smart passage. Yes, do there does there need to be regulation in the form of regulating um, large tech firms and other disruptors uh, to basically uh, chopping off larger sli- slices of the pie for uh, more traditional financial institutions? Yes, there needs to be some type of regulation, but regulation. And deterrency are two different things. I think ultimately what it will do is it will force financial institutions to take a deeper look at their service offerings and compete. I think what ends up happening is that you've had an industry that has been basically uninterrupted uh, outside of um, uh, legal parameters. Um, And even that has been countered because of lobbyist groups and things of that nature. And now they actually have to go back to competing and competing in non or in traditional spaces against non-traditional uh, entities. So this obviously has raised some concern, but I think this is a good thing. And I think overall it is healthy for our economy. Moving on to investments. Uh, you're looking at Tesla employees say that they took shortcuts in order to meet the scheduling production of the Model 3. According to Laura uh, Kalotny of CNBC, uh, Tesla produced a record of over 72,000 Model uh, 3 sedans in the second quarter of 2019. According to their CEO, Elon Musk, it was a logistic uh, nightmare. Tesla spokesperson has said that the uh, 
anecdotes from these employees are misleading and does not reflect their manufacturing practices or what it is like to actually work at Tesla. Uh, then moving on to Walmart, uh, Walmart feels that they have the competitive edge when it comes to uh, distribution because of the allotment of stores that they have. Um, their CEO, Doug McMillan, says that their distribution centers uh, need, uh, are going against Amazon, stated that the discount chains, thousands of stores, gives it a distribution firepower. They have over 20 fulfillment centers, which is, which is less than Amazon, but because they have over 4,500 actual retail locations, it gives them an edge in delivery. The reality is brick and mortar is still necessary when a business is trying to expand on a large-scale basis. Digital or online shopping has not replaced the need for a physical place. Just the strategy behind a physical place has been the thing that has been altered. Uh, so I'm very interested in seeing kind of the Amazon Walmart uh, battle and seeing ultimately who wins. Ideally, this is what I really see is that Things will continue. Uh, Walmart will try to push and become more like Amazon. Amazon will try to push and become more, more like Walmart. The, the key to it all is the company that can take the first leap of faith and do something completely disruptive, something that changes the game, like uh, opens up a, a bank. Or, you know, if, if Amazon could become a rocket mortgage and, um, you know, tailored to... Uh, all accommodations uh, not be regulated to the point so that they can actually address and deal with uh, more at-risk borrowers. If they were to able to even create their own digital currency, that would be a game changer. So I'm interested to see kind of what happens here. You have two very strong companies with two solid backgrounds, and I just think that this will make ultimately both companies better. All right, thank you for tuning in to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe and please support. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, let me know. If you don't like what you're hearing, also let me know. Feel free to follow me at Instagram on CVMK33, YouTube CVK. I have some more content coming real soon. Until next time, peace.